You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, we have amazing guests on the podcast sharing yes, transparent yes, and vulnerable moments. Ah. Vulnerable moments. Vulnerable. Oh moments. man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I could do it though. I can do. I it. know you can. I could do it. You I got it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got so it. So I'm doing this new thing where I'm not introducing people. I'm letting people introduce oh, themselves. You would do that now, right? Nah, actually, no. You're, not the, you're like the third, fourth person. Third. Okay, that's third. fair. Yeah, okay. So. Well, I'm Alex Fowler, aka Staff for Everyone, um, for the Community Podcast. New York, born and raised. Uh, lived in North Carolina. Lived in Texas. Lived anywhere on the East Coast. I've been. Um, and I am the Alex Hitchens of emotional intelligence. Yes. I would agree. Thank you. I, I appreciate agree. that. I thought so too. I thought you'd agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought many of you would actually agree with that. Oh, I, I love it. Brother. I love that. So, man, let's, let's get into it. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to dig into the, your brain. Mm. Are you now? Because you're 20, 28, 28. Yes, 28, very wise beyond mm-hmm. your years. Thank you. Like beyond, and I've heard that about myself, but I mm. never had the opportunity to say it to anybody else. Really? Okay, I, I'm I impressed. A few, I appreciate a few, it. But it's like it's yeah. very, very few. Okay. That I've said that to. And I appreciate that. Yeah, man. yeah. So the That's crazy wild, thing, man. the crazy thing is though, this is our first time meeting in person. It is. It is our very we first time. We connected via IG. We did. Through, I think, was it Brandon? It was through Brandon. Through Brandon, was his page or a post or something? Something. Clearly. He was he was, he was was doing something foolish. Of course. Something foolish. Yep. And uh, we both was like, yeah, nah, Brandon, we can't slide <laughs> with that one, dog. Nah, dog. Uh-uh, Brandon. I don't remember which one it is, but I'll find it, Brandon. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, IG. yeah, man. So um, let's dig into it, brother. Um, childhood, man. What, what was it like? Childhood was, uh, oh, man. It was a fun time. Um, New York is, is cool. You're it's, from Staten Island, uh, right? No, Long Island. Long Island. God, please, Staten Island. I would prefer if you said Bronx. Nah, not the Bronx. I'm sorry. See, sorry. I'm glad I'm from upstate because I ain't got this problem. Yeah, you ain't got this issue. No. You ain't got that yeah, issue. I got that issue. 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 But uh, Long Island, New York. Okay. Amityville. Not like, it is like the movie, but please don't ever say that to people from Amityville. Really? The Amityville Horror? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Huh. Yeah. Continue your interview, though. Don't be scared. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, listen, I wouldn't have had you if I was scared. <laughs> I may have, you know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so my childhood was uh, church-inspired. Okay. Everything was, it was three times a week, um, if not four. Sports, you know, typical, typical childhood. But in terms of, like, how I was raised, I was raised by my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, mom had to it work a lot. It makes sense. That's where the wisdom is. Eh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely where the wisdom that, is. But um, I was, uh, I forgot who it was, you know. I actually felt like I had to prepare for this. So I was like, you know, I was getting into my quotes, getting into my my favorite. For this episode. Because you know what it is? Without jumping too far into the episode, it's been like, over the last eight months, I've lost my dad, my grandmother, my grandfather, and my best friend, who I'm the godfather of his only child for. So you lost four individuals in eight months. In eight months. And three of those were in the same month, last August. My great, it was my great grandmother, not my grandmother, but my great grandmother. She was, her, she's from, she's not from, but she's a Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be buried within a 72 hour time yeah, yeah, frame, all right, that good right. stuff. And long story short, she wasn't. They buried someone else. So that was something that also played going through all of that. Um, my dad had passed away a week before that. Um, and then my mentor, uh, the reverend that I grew up with, he was normally the person that I would come to and talk about anything. I could just unload. Like, one of the few people I felt like I could unload and not have to worry about them, like, carrying it, like, the load themselves. And I went to his house after those two people died, and I looked at him in his bed, and I knew he was going to pass away in, like, three weeks. So, like, I instantly started crying, like, when I seen him. I, hadn't, I didn't really cry when my dad passed, and my grandmother's just too much going on. But, like, when I seen him in his bed, my, uh, my, my mentor, in a sense... It, it did a number on me. And then as recently as last month, and I think this will be the first time people actually know what happened to my best friend, um, he committed suicide. Wow. Yeah, so that's been something that, um, that on top of all of that, man, that's been, uh, 
that's been what's going on these last like eight months especially. But you asked me about my childhood, um, and and I brought that those four, not four situations, but those just four most recent uh, things that happened because I was told wisdom comes from hurt. Wisdom comes from hurt, and not necessarily like physical all the time, um, and not just always mental, but just like a a good round group of things that cause that and you have to recognize it otherwise you're going to be hurt again Mm -hmm. so you have to wise up you have to understand and take something from it so that way you don't put yourself in that situation again and you know you you're, you're pretty familiar mental health and your podcast obviously so you know that things can linger Right. Things will linger, whether it's from you, your grandmother, your grandfather, whomever. It'll linger if it's not properly addressed. Yeah. So I like to think myself to be someone who doesn't solely have to make the mistakes. Like I can learn from other people's mistakes. I can learn from other people's hurt. And I was taught to never do anything to someone that I wouldn't want done to me. As simple as that. Real basic church stuff right there. Mm-hmm. And I took that to heart. So I'm like, okay, would I want that done to me? So I'm not going to do it. All right, that person did it to me. So does that give me the reins to do it? No, because then it's going to happen to you. Yeah. Not necessarily that exact form of it, and that's where people get confused. They be thinking, oh, I cheated on this person, but I don't care. I don't care to be cheated on. Everyone cheats, whatever, whatever. But the hurt's going to come back how that person felt it. It's not going to come back in the same scenario. And that's why I think people, it's hard for them to learn and gain wisdom from situations where they're hurt, confused, troubled, whatever it may be, because they're not recognizing where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And then that's where emotional intelligence comes into play, where it's like, damn, why am I feeling angry? Like, I, I had a great day. My girlfriend just made dinner or whatever. Why am I upset? And then you realize you just listened to your friend for 30 minutes talk about why they're upset. And... You guys hung up and you just immediately went into traffic. Normally, traffic don't really bother you. Like I don't know who doesn't get bothered by traffic, right. but just an example. Um, now you're upset. Now you're troubled, and you can't. You're not able to identify where it's coming from. Emotional intelligence, man. So it all started with childhood and just being able to like recognize: Am I mad because I'm too small? I can't fight back I can't yell back at my grandmother for beating me or yell at my cousin for lying on me like what is this feeling like how can I how can I not feel like this mm-hmm. and it, and not make it so numbing yeah. not make it a numbing thing where oh I just won't feel again that's that's the answer it's like no like we're here to feel like experiences you're, you're feeling something so without see I, I got on a tangent you gotta stop me you gotta stop me man you gotta stop me man um so, but to, to, to really bring it back to childhood, um, I, was, I was abused a lot. And mentally, physically, verbally more than anything. Um, and it was just because I was around people who were kind of raised in the same way. You know, it's, it's, it's point blank period as that can be. Like, it, it, it wasn't anything more complicated than yeah. that. And now as an adult, I can see it. Yeah. I can recognize it because of my emotional intelligence. It's like, Absolutely. oh, wow. That's why you're angry. Like, if I can speak to it, my mom is still kind of scared to tell my grandmother if she's doing something. Like, she'll, oh, tell you, can you tell your grandmother that I'm going to go? I'm like, Ma, you're, you're, you're old. <laughs> Come on. Mom might be up. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I try, I try, Ma. Um, but it, 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 I've, I've recognized it and seen it long enough. And it's always been like that. It's always been. Uh-huh. That in my household, my grandmother is a disciplinarian, um, and everyone was like, "Oh man, Phyllis, oh, you gotta get out of here before Phyllis get us." You know, Phyllis, Phyllis, oh man, like you know, she she struck fear into kids and people everywhere. But she is coming from a very hurt place. Mm-hmm. My grandmother didn't really have either one of her parents like that. Uh, they were around, but they were either working or doing their own thing. Um, and then, in a lot of ways, my mom kind of became that, where she wasn't running the streets and all that good stuff, but she was just working. She just worked, worked, worked. That's all she knew. Um, and that's what her mom was telling her, like, yo, you got to work. You got a kid at 19. You have to work now. Absolutely. You have to. So I don't necessarily, I don't hold it as much against my mom and my grandmother and my grandfather, whomever. I don't really hold it against them anymore. Be- again, because of my emotional intelligence. It's like, I can see that it's, it goes way past it being me. Like, it being, oh, I decided to sneak juices into my room, so that's why I got on punishment. 
um, or you know, just anything that might have gotten me in trouble is, is beyond that. It's not just the simple fact that I did that. Um, and I remember this vivid moment in time where I went to the Scholastic Fair. You remember, you remember Scholastic Fair? You know, you know, have it, yo, you had five dollars yeah, Scholastic yeah, Fair. You was good. You was good. You know, or if you was sneaky, you was good too. But um, so I remember getting a New York Knicks poster. Shout out to the Knicks. Um, Shout out to the Knicks, man. Uh, I know I'm in Atlanta. I know, I know. I'm Trey Young. I'm Trey from here. Um, yeah, that's right. You good, man? Love to hear it. Um, and I got this poster, and I was so excited for this poster, Joe. It was, and it, and I, it was. And we were bad, so it wasn't even like it was like a really great player on the poster. Mm -hmm. It was just the Knicks. I was like, oh yeah, perfect. I want that. And I came home and I asked my grandma. I was like, hey, where's some tape? You know, black parents. If you're asking for anything that isn't out the norm, right? Yeah. They're going to question you. For sure. Oh, what, what do you need tape for? Like offended almost. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to hang my poster in my yeah, room. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she, she didn't like laugh, like burst out laughing. It was more like a subtle, a little closer. Okay. okay. She wanted, um, she, she let out a soft chuckle and was like, you're not hanging that in, that in, in the room. And I'm like, well, why not? That's not your room. You just live here. Yo, Joe, I will never, ever forget. And I was only about seven or eight. And I remember being so disheartened after that. And I was confused, too, because when it's dirty, it's my room. Yeah. Or when company's over, take them to your room. But now when I want to put a poster that's maybe maybe 10 by 10, I'm crazy, on a wall, out of sight, it's, no, you, you, that's not your room. You just live here. No, correction, you just sleep in there. That's what it was. So... Moments like that I can, I can attest to and moments in time where it felt like if this was misplaced, I'd get in trouble or punishment for or if I didn't explain something without sounding like I was upset, I got in trouble. Um, if I cried while getting beat, I got in trouble. It was a very confusing time. It was, it, I, it was, and I remember being so confused as a kid. It's like, how do you want me to not cry after feeling harm? How do you want me to do that? And... I didn't necessarily carry that on too much as I got older, but I remember feeling like pain and actually liking it in a sick way. Like not even I would inflict and be like, yes, it'll be like, let's say I got hurt in a game. I'd be like, okay, now it's time to play. Right, right, Now let's go. Like now I'm angry. Like, you know, so like a lot of it and, and, I, and I'll tell anyone that I come across that a, a lot of everything we're running off of what happened in childhood. Like. That's, I'm going to guess and say it's about 90% of what's going on. The program you're playing is from childhood. And when I speak to mine, I can pinpoint at this point now a good portion of the events that brought me to where I'm at now. And by that, I mean like where I got my wisdom from, where I've learned to uh, look at it from a different lens and not just because I'm offended or upset or anything like that. And childhood was a big part of that. Wow. Yeah. So... As an individual who is highly emotionally intelligent, and you're looking at your childhood and you're seeing that the series of events of what happened with you, what happened to you, mm -hmm. has led you to this moment here in your life. Would you say that? To yeah, correct? I would say that. So what's one moment in your life that you say, yo, I've been struggling to shake this moment? Hmm. Struggling to shake. Like we have um, like things where we just can't shake them as much as we try. We can be as emotionally mm -hmm. intelligent as we want to be. We can be as strong as we say we are. We can mm -hmm. be as, you know, confident as we say we are. But there's some things like we all have our vices, we have our own our thing that we just can't shake or we have mm -hmm. these memories that we play in the back of our heads and we're trying to get them out. Would you say you have one? I would so, say I had one. Okay. And I like that. I'll only say it because it took, it didn't take my dad passing away, but it took just getting older to kind of really like put that in the back of my mind where my dad and my mom, my dad was 16 when I was born. My mom was 18 going on 19, something around those numbers, really young. And for the longest, I just thought it was solely because he didn't like me or didn't want me. You know, what you would think when any parent is in, in, in your life, right? And as I got older, um, my parents were, weren't, weren't together at all for first 15 years of my life. 15. And then one random summer, Joe, 
um, my mom is telling me, like, hey, tell your dad to get you some sneakers. And I'm like, he, he don't get you nothing. Tell him to get you some sneakers. Yeah. That's the least he can do. <laughs> and I got them. I got the basketball shoes. And just fast forwarding a year, my mom is like, hey, I'm going on a date. I'm like, oh, that's what's up, mom. I'm proud of you, girl. Get back on the swing of things, girl. It's your dad. All right, hold up, sis. <laughs> <laughs> just, yo, just, just eight no, short like months ago, you like was in a movie. Yo, <laughs> yo, I was, I was, I, yo, I felt so stuck. I was just like, is this, nah, you're just messing with me. You're just saying that. No, you're, you're dad. I'm like, so the 15 years of not being around wasn't an indication of the man he was at all? Like, you know, me being really sour about that. Like, that's not, that's, no, okay. All right, cool, man. Make you whatever makes you happy, baby. You know, me thinking I'm 16, I'm grown. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. whatever. So it was, um, it was a very trying time, very trying time because it's three people, um, and two people are in the the uh, honeymoon stage again. Where it's like, oh, you remember how we used to do this? And, you know, it's all cool and great. And then you got this child who's kind of not used to either one of you being around like that, and now you're trying to tell him. All right, you can't do this. You shouldn't do that. No, don't do this. Don't do that. You have to do this. And I would just always be so offended. I would just be like, I've never, I haven't seen this guy. I don't, I don't know who this is. Why is he telling me to leave a basketball game that I'm having so much fun in to go home to watch my siblings? No. Yeah. Not, not doing it. Um, and just a long line of things. Um, we just didn't really see eye to eye for the majority of their relationship mm-hmm. up until I was old. But. That moment in time, I was just so perplexed that my mom could really choose someone else over her children. Because it wasn't just me. It was like, yo, you, my sister and brother need to go do things. And you're saying for me to do it so you can enjoy some time with him. I'm only 16. Like, I can only do but so much without you needing an actual adult. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, I became a brother dad at that point of their relationship. Like, I, that was literally my role. I've signed permission slips. I've talked. I went to parent-teacher conferences. I did it all. You would have thought I was uh, Jesus Shellsworth. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was really the brother dad. But um, just that moment in time and that dynamic, it was something that it took a while to get over. Because I was just like, you guys are two teenagers. But then when I think about trauma and when I think about mm-hmm. uh, what people go through, you can sometimes get stuck at a stage where you experience some really deep trauma. Absolutely. And a kid at a young age with the dynamic of both of their parents could be really tough to get through. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, that in itself takes, I'm going to just shorten it and just say EQ. It takes an extreme amount of EQ to put your stuff aside. Absolutely. To be like, you know what? This is just their chance to actually see if there's something for them. Whereas you came along, you're not saying you was an interruption or that you're a mistake right, or anything yeah, like yeah. that, but just to say, that, okay, maybe this is their time to figure out if this was something that was meant to be type of thing. And you know, from, from what I gather, it was a great time up until his uh, untimely death. And it took, again, it just took me just getting older and understanding more and more with time and seeing uh, dynamics like my dad's an only child from his mom's side. His dad's side, he, he wasn't really close with. Um, and even he had an diff- interesting dynamic where he was raised by stepdad, not his biological dad. I didn't meet my biological grandfather until 2008. and No, 2000, 2008, 2008, 2009, one of those years. Mm-hmm. And the one time I met him, we had an altercation where I just went upstairs. Everyone went downstairs. We were getting ready to go to Disney. And I went upstairs to use the bathroom. Nothing crazy. But where I'm from, we lock doors. You know what I mean? Because it gets crazy. Yeah. So it's like, I locked the door behind me. Joe, I didn't think nothing was wrong with that. I'm hearing someone damn near kicking the door down. I'm like, yo, what's, what's going on? I'm in the bathroom. What's going on? My grandfather literally barges in and yokes me up against the wall. And it's telling me, like, yo, who do you think you are? What are you doing in here? Da, 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 da. I'm like, yo, I'm just using the bathroom. Like, why did I do that? And it wasn't until recently when I spoke to my dad's mother where she's like, oh, he... He worked at Rikers for years. Mm. You know, she, she, she gave me an example where she was like, there were days where he would be more excited to go to Rikers because it gave him a chance to fight than it was to go hang out with his friends. Like, he was excited to go to Rikers. You know what kind of, I ain't going to say sick, but you know how, what type of mental abilities or, or mental space you have to be at to be excited to go to Rikers Absolutely. Island? Yeah. 
but again, that's me putting my stuff aside to understand, like, yo, for one, I don't want to repeat none of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. So that's really why I'm trying to find this yeah. out. That's why I keep the wisdom. It's like, I don't want to be that. And as simple as not doing what they're doing could get me to where I want to be at. Because I've seen where it gets, I've seen where it gets me at with that. Yep. I can just simply not do that and get a totally different result. As simple as that. You don't even have to go digging into deep family uh, uh, traumas, and, and even though it does help and it's very necessary, you don't even have to go that far. If you've had someone that's directly related to you, around you, most of your life, mm-hmm. you can learn from them Absolutely. and watch them and just do the complete opposite if necessary. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, I got to listen. So listen, good. man. So, just had to get me going, man. It's so good. Just had to get me going. Ah, all right. So, moms and pops. Moms and pops. Decide to rekindle the old mm-hmm. flame. Yes, sir. And what was your relationship like with moms prior to and then also your relationship with your mom and parents during that moment? Okay, so my mom, without it sounding really bad, I referred to her like my older sister. And it was because... I can see that, though. Yeah. Thank you. Right. So it was because growing up, again, they had me at a young age. My mom was still a kid. So my grandmother would still talk to her as a kid solely, not a kid and a mother. Mm-hmm. It would be like, go in there and clean up your son's stuff. Like, you know, just, just crazy talk. Instead of, like, speaking to her from a mother-to-mother perspective. But then again, my grandmother didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Her mother didn't have that. Yep. So how the hell am I going to expect her to do that? So to get back to your, your, your question, it was, it was decent. It was fine. Like, that was cool. That was my, my girl. We played games together. Uh, she used to be able to kick a football further than me up until, like, I was, like, five, and then I kicked it way further than her. Um, we had fun together. We was cool. That was, I was perfectly okay for the most part with that relationship. And then when it turned into her dating my dad again, it was like he was almost trying to coach her to tell her to tell me to do something. And I was so tuned in that I could tell my mother's words. Yeah. I know when it's her saying it, and mm-hmm. I know when someone else is saying Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So that's what would really get me. And I'm like, my mom wouldn't normally care if I'm playing basketball, especially if my, my brother's at the babysitter, my sister's sleeping like she used to love doing. Sorry, Kayla. Um, what's the problem? And he just, just sometimes he'd have these moments where, and even my grandmother, where they just didn't like how free you were. Mm. And I, this is my first time saying this out loud, but it, now it's st- talking about it, it makes more sense now where it's like, I look so carefree. I look so like, I was just enjoying too much at the age that they weren't able to do the same thing. I stop you for a second, because you just struck something. Oh. You said your grandma, she didn't like how free you were. Yeah. Outside of just grandma, people in general yes, sir. don't enjoy people's yes, freedom. Sir. Why right. do you think that is? Um, outside of the they can do it yeah. or they're not able to do it right now, um, I, think, I think that's a good portion of it. It's not, I think very few people dislike you, like in a sense, like very few people. Because some people are like, oh, you just hating on me, you just hating on me. And I don't see it, like, because I've been, like, developing, becoming, like, this new person. As you should be. It's right, right. Wild. Good, good. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm loving it. And it makes people uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Joe. And I'm done. trying to, like, digest it all. Don't let you get some confidence, Joe. Oh, that's Don't let you. We see it, brother. We see it on IG. We see it, brother. We see you, Joe. I mean, I'm like, it's completely like, at January, I picked the word becoming. Mm hmm. And I didn't mm. realize what that word would become, would make me become. Yeah. It made me become depressed for maybe like two months this year. It made me become more confident in who I am, mm-hmm. more wise, more understanding, yeah. more disciplined. And I understand when people say there's power in words. Dude, you, you got more? Because I got, I got something to add to that, man. We, nah, go ahead. So the very moment I understood the powers of words mm. and manifestation was this period in time, August, 20, no, September 2017 to November 25th, 2017. I picked up a second job to uh, basically pay for my, my, my fun, my car insurance, my when I go out, all that good stuff. Mm. And it was at Dick's Sporting Goods. And you know, as you get close to the holiday season, 
things get a little more hectic. It gets a little more busy. I worked at Nike for four years prior to that. So I already was like, man, I'm not doing Black Friday. I got another job. So I'm talking spicy. Like, oh, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be here. And then as it got closer to the date, and they're like, no, it's like mandatory. Like, you have to be there. And I had recently hurt my shoulder early that, uh, that summer. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get my shoulder checked. I got to go. I got to go get something done. I got to get something done. I'm not going to be able to work. I'm not going to be able to work. Not going to be able to work. I kid you not, the morning of Thanksgiving, because you know Black Friday is either the night of Thanksgiving going into the next day. Um, <clears throat> I have a lot of traumatic events by Thanksgiving, by the way. I got deported from North Carolina to New York in 2009, Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cops came knocking on the door. My mom was outside. They said, you got to go back to New York with her. Um, I said, no. They was like, well, you have to be 16 and you're only 15 and a half, so you have to go back. Um, so that, anyway, what I'm saying to the to power of your words, I'm going to get into that. Don't worry, because that's a, that's a vital story. But uh, with that example, I just remember being so gung-ho about not going, and I was praying, basically, that it'd be because I was already injured up here. I'm like, oh, I just got to get my shoulder checked out that same day. I got a doctor's appointment. Can't miss that. I was playing uh, football. Thanksgiving is a tradition, turkey bowl. And this one play, I remember telling my best friend Mo, I was like, hey, I'm going to play safety. I'm going to take this playoff. I'm just, you know, I, just, I just don't feel like it. And I see the ball. The ball's thrown way downfield towards me, and I'm just like, oh. And it looks like it's falling short. So I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. So I'm literally looking. My best friend already gave up on the play. And then this guy comes diving for the football, takes out my leg. I tear my Achilles and rip the ligament in my ankle. You tear your Achilles and rip the ligament in your ankle? From standing there. How? Manifestation. I asked for that. Because there's no other way that should have happened, Joe. But you're standing still. I'm standing still. The guy dove for the football. So you're here, guy dives for the football, mm -hmm. right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And you're just sitting there. Mm -hmm. His arm is just, his momentum carries his arm into my leg and just takes my leg clean out. Rips my Achilles. Because it's unexplainable any other way, Joe. That's why I have to say it's the power of my words. Because I said I wasn't going to work. I'm not... I'm I didn't have to work. His arm diving. I didn't have to work. Big Joe. guy. Semi. Semi. Not, not crazy. I'm just trying to think of like the weight that's being carried through his arm. I'm crazy, Joe. Just I just asked for it, Joe. I couldn't walk, Joe. I couldn't walk. Like Achilles is literally attached. To, yeah, that's. I, without that, it's over with. So I asked for that. And I, and I remember it, and I remember it. It was like, yo, how did you do this? How did you do this? And, of course, I'm telling them exactly how it happened. But deep down, I was like, damn, I fucked up. I fucked up. I, I did this. This was me. This was me. This is all me. And that was the, the best example of when I first started taking accountability for my actions solely. I had no one else to blame for that. Couldn't blame my dad. Couldn't blame my mom. Couldn't blame my girlfriend at the time. Couldn't blame anyone else. I couldn't even blame the dude. I tried to. But I was like, I asked for this. I did not want to work Black Friday. And I got my wish. But I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk on my own. So from that day forward, mm. what's the language? Uh, very, uh, very careful. Very, I am very meticulous with my words. I will sit there in silence after you ask me a question for about a minute or two before I, before I answer. Because I like, okay, let me make sure. Let me make sure. Because oddly enough, I say that that's why I don't lie. Because it becomes the truth. Mm -hmm. Every time. I never, I've never played the April Fool's joke with my mom. Like, hey, mom, guess what? I'm having a kid. I played that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, yo, I've never, I've never done that. Um, I'm never, well, not never, but I've definitely cut back on saying that I'm sick or that I'm not feeling well. Because um, shortly thereafter, I'm not feeling well. It'll, it'll come out of nowhere. Yeah. So do you think after that damn moment, that time, mm -hmm. that it's helped you become more transparent Oh, and absolutely. Your no's and your yeses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then, um, again, it's so from, from a lot of people that I've learned, shout out to the village that raised me. Um, it, was, it was a lot of them. You know, my people's had to work a lot. So I had grandfather friends. I had Boy Scouts. I had, I had any and every type of support outside of the family that, I could possibly, that you could possibly have. So I've had a lot of wise older men, younger men, women. I was... Everybody, everybody. So, like, I say that to say that it's been a process to make sure that I'm a man of my word. Mm -hmm. 
because naturally you might say yes to things and you might just not want to do them anymore. Right. Um, whether it's you don't feel good, you, something might happen between you and the person that you might not see eye to eye. Um, but with the power of the words and just with how I was raised, it's, it's, it's important that I stick to what I say yes to and what I say no to. Um, can I change my mind? Sure, that's, that's fine. But don't make it a habit. Don't be like, oh, well, I'll let you know. You know, like, I'll let you know. But yes for now. Like, if you can do it, say yes. If not, no. If you really have to think about it, be like, hey, just give me some time. I'll think about it. But me, I, I grew up a people pleaser because it would keep me out of trouble. Like, if I made my grandmother laugh, like Will Smith talks about in his book, making his dad laugh, I wouldn't get beat. I wouldn't get on punishment. So I would do any and everything to lighten the mood, whether it's sacrificing my wanting more affection from a family member, whether it's uh, wanting affection from significant others, any of that, I would always try to be give, 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 and then ask for a little bit. But then from that point when I would want to ask for a little bit, and let's say for whatever reason they say no, I would feel so discouraged. Like it would hurt me so much. And I had to come out of that place because then I was like, all right, I'm just not going to ask anybody for nothing. My, mom, my mom's notorious for that. She's like, I'm, I'm not going to ask them because no. And, and people are too. But um, to, your, to your question, to the yes and no's, has it made me careful? It, 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 it had to. It had to. Um, it was necessary. It's given me, uh, it's given me a code to live by. You know, it's it's helped me build that code for me to be able to present to a woman I might be interested in, a business opportunity I might be interested in, um, or just building relationships. It's like, okay, I can admire you because you said yes or you said no, and you actually stuck to it. You know, you didn't just say just to say it, and you weren't just um, awkwardly trying to weasel your way out of it in a mm -hmm. sense. So I, I, I think I kind of answered that question. I'm not, yeah. I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's hard to stay on track oh, in this yeah. conversation. Yeah. It's that, but, yo, that's awesome what I'm saying. We're from power to words. I get deported from North Carolina. one thing, and my brain catches yo, one I'm not, thing. Yo, listen. And it's listen. like we're going here and then trying to get back here. And that's, yo, me and my cousin on our podcast, we have the same issue. Like, we have the same. Like, we have to pick a person and a single topic because I've, I've, as recently as maybe three weeks ago, I went to his house at 10 o'clock a.m. Mm-hmm. Me and him parted ways at 2 o'clock a.m. The conversation ended at his house at 6 p.m. He came to my house to watch the game. We talked during the game, and he left my house at 2.30 a.m. Ain't no way. And when I kid you not, we talked the whole time. No. I swear. I swear. I swear. Jimmy, we're going to use this clip, and I'm going to show you, and I want you to make sure you mention, but like, nah, that, that happened. And we had a third person, Sean. Sean, he was there for the second half. But we talked from 10 a.m. that day until 2.30 a.m. the next day. And when you talk about, uh, and I was talking about busyness and all that mm -hmm. other stuff, people have lives. So for that to even happen in the midst of that was like magic. It was just like, yo, I, I, how did we do that? But that's what happened with us. Like, I don't know what it is. It's, it's really my fault. I'm starting to see the common denominator uh -huh. is me because I hear one thing and I get excited and I think about this moment, I think about that moment, I think about that moment, I think about that moment. But if you if you try to give me one topic, man, I, I everything is connected. So I just think to tie everything together so you can see that every situation matters. Absolutely. Every event matters. Nothing is too small to where you can't pinpoint that as a reason why you might be upset, why you might have trust issues, why you might uh, struggle to be vulnerable or anything like that. You never know because you might not remember. You might not remember what the effect was. You might have been really young when this happened to you. But you rather just respond the same way you've been responding for 28 years, 27 years, 40 years. So, yeah, man. In response to the response. Uh-huh. In response to the response. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Why do you feel people, why do you feel people lack emotional intelligence? Because we, <clears throat> as people like yourself and myself, mm -hmm. We can look at a video and see mm -hmm. what people lack. Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't have to be Ooh, in person. It doesn't yes have to be sir. on phone. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I believe both yeah. you and I, we have that knack for just seeing things. Mm -hmm. And I've this year, I've been like on this instincts kick mm -hmm. where I feel something and I have to trust it. And I used to always go against my gut. Used to always go against, you know, how I feel. I just realized we don't have any lights on outside of these. 
My bad. It's not nah, good. Brain. It's understandable. <laughs> understandable. Um, it's all good. Instinct is I will always go because I didn't, didn't trust myself. Yeah. We never trust who I was, never trust why I'm feeling this way. And then mm-hmm. the situation will happen. And then it'll feel like deja vu. And then I'm thinking, like, yo, you ha- this happened in your head months ago or years ago. You saw this. You saw this coming. Hmm. But yet you reacted in a different way that you sh- know you should have. I've been having these yeah. feelings, bro. Oh, my God. In my gut and in my I, intuition. And it's been like, yo, Joe, this is going to happen. Or something bad is going to happen. You need to tell that person. I'm like, how do I tell this person this? I had to tell somebody, yo, something's going to happen to your business. I don't know what. I don't know why I have this feeling. Something's mm-hmm. going to happen. You need to be prepared. Yo, Joe, I kid you not, man. Going back to the story of losing my dad uh, last year. Normally when I go back to New York, I have a reason. Podcasts, tournament to play in, significant others, whatever. This particular weekend, I didn't have a reason. Um, I just felt like I kind of missed New York, and something was just telling me to go, to home. go home. I had that same feeling my grandmother passed away. Someone was telling me, like, yo, just go home. Because my girlfriend at the time was making sense. She was like, no, because we, we had to take her car back and do something, whatever, to New York anyway. She was like, no, we could just go, you know, in two weeks, whatever, whatever. You know, just tell, call the airline and just tell them, you know, to give you credit. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. And then I was at work the next day, and I'm like, nah, something's telling me to go, man. Just something, just something's telling me to go. And the last day... I was playing basketball. It was 9.30 p.m. My, my flight leaves at 6 o'clock a.m. This is supposed to be my, all right, I'll see y'all later type of event. And it's like 11 o'clock, Joe. I had a horrible game that day. It was real bad. Oh, man. <laughs> Bayonne, you remember that day. It was real bad. Um, and we was playing the last game. And me and my sister, we share locations. And this place was in a remote part of Long Island. Like, I had never been to that part of Long Island before uh, to play. And it was like two points away from game. And I had, I think I just scored a layup. I was like, okay, bet. I turned and looked and saw my little sister and immediately knew someone passed away. Mm. Immediately. I looked at her, and I know my sister. I'm well aware of the things she do. This is not something she would ever do just for the sake of getting out the house. I knew something happened. And I calmly looked at her, and I said, okay, we got one more point. She was like, okay. I got the ball, I turned around. I had to shoot it from like 25 feet with someone guarding me and it was a swish. I hadn't made a jumper in the three games we played. I was terrible that day. I got the ball, swish, just walked right out. And I, and I found out my dad died. So like ever since that moment and my most recent girlfriend can tell you, I have a couple of friends I could tell you my sister could tell you, whoever I've had an extensive conversation with can tell you that even my move back to North Carolina right now is what my intuition has told me to do. And I have been saying it nonstop. So when you're saying it like, oh, I've been telling, I have told people like, yo, some just, no, don't do that. Like, don't do that. Like, some, yo, I'm telling, yo, don't do that. And even myself, like, nah, don't, don't do that, man. Don't, don't go do that, man. But sometimes you do fight. Yo, you do. You do. But ever since that moment, I can't help but be like surrendering. Like, all right, all right. You got it because you was right about that. You was right about that. And the way things were set up, my grandmother died five days after that. Yeah. Yeah. The one that got misburied, her. Right after that. So imagine being miles away. On the other side of the country and finding out all this stuff, and you can't immediately get there yeah. right down and there. I was able to literally get my shoes, go 20 minutes down whatever highway I had to go down, and I saw my, some of my relatives at the hospital. Right down and there when it happened. Who's to say something might have tripped in me being so far away and not really around family or, or people that I know that well, mm-hmm. what might have happened? I had to be there. So for, I surrendered to my intuition. I surrendered to my emotional intelligence. I surrendered to my faith. I surrender now. I am, I am just a vessel, literally. Like, something tells me to go to the left, I'm going to the left. Oh, well, the right guy, I'm going to the left. You're more than welcome to join. 
and normally it, it helps. Whether it's I've left states right before natural disasters, um, I've left scenes right before it got shot up. Like so, I just I'm just always something just tells me all like yo just go this way please mm -hmm. please just trust me. And it wasn't up until last year that it was like yo you gotta do this and I've been operating on that ever since. Ever since my car is full with all of my stuff right now. Driving, I just drove from Houston yesterday, so I did 11 hours. I'm about to go do another five and a half tonight. All of my intuition. It's like, yo, go, go be around family right now. After all, all that you've been through, and go, go be closer to family for right now. Just you, just up and left. I up and left. I feel like right now, I'm I did fighting it. against my intuition. Oh, talk to me. Talk to me. Because. I feel like my spirit is no longer here in Atlanta and my hmm. time is up hmm. and hmm. my homegirl, she, she's more so my home, sister's homegirl, but we're cool as well. Okay. She tells my sister, she texted me and some days I just feel like I just can't respond to people. I'm like, yeah. it's overwhelmed with my phone and stuff. So I put it yeah. away and I just didn't respond to her. So I was talking to my sister yesterday, just venting to her two days ago, her and my homeboy just venting. And she was like, oh, yeah, Tamika, um, she told me to tell, tell you something. Your time is up. Joe, why are you still here? It's not even why I'm still here. Uh -huh. It's a position that I can't talk about here. Oh, yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, you know, it's places and things that I'm involved in right, that, that I have can. to release first sure. to release myself from Atlanta. And the thing is, like, now I'm trying to figure out, because I want to do this year of travel. Mm. Right? I, just, I told myself I'm not signing my, new, my lease. I'm not re -signing, yeah, renewing it. Yeah. I want to travel the world and just podcast and do everything digitally and all that good stuff and just figure out how to, trying to, figure out how to go, do it. Go from there. And it's scary. Of course. Because sure. you just don't know what, but it, I still, it's like a, you ever feel scared but comfortable at the same time? That's me right now. Like, it's like, Cause you just don't know the, un you just, the fear of the unknown, of course. Yeah. But I feel okay. My soul is at rest with my decision that I've made in my mind. Like I said, I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. going to do this. Things are going. It's just yeah. going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Like yeah. God has been ordering my steps due to my obedience. When mm. God told me, "Yo, it's time to be alone," it was time for me to get my own apartment because I've just been leaving live my parents, and my sister, like just roommate in the situation, mm -hmm. like just rent's crazy. And I'm driving one day, and I just hear God, yo, it's time to be alone. And I know that voice because I heard that voice some years ago when it was time for me to leave my old church. Mm, mm. And I heard that voice, and I knew exactly. I just be you knowing know exactly, exactly what, what God's is. talking about when I yeah. hear that voice. So it's like I fight it, but I know I can't fight it no more because what's going to happen is I'm going to get stuck in a position. I'm going to be upset, and I'm gonna be, not going to be happy with myself. Yeah. And my homegirl, she was like, yeah, you can't blame anybody else anymore for what's going to happen for the rest of your life besides yourself. Yeah. You have to blame yourself you for any and every other decision that you decide not to make when you know you should make the right decision. Mm -hmm. So my question to you now is, now that you've made the decision to leave from Houston back to North Carolina just right. off instinct, mm -hmm. how would one know what instinct sounds like? What it sounds like. Or what it feels like. What it feels like, sounds like, looks like. Um, it looks like confidence in your beliefs. And I had a brief conversation with someone where they briefly called me cocky. And I was like, no. And I explained it to her, like, the difference between overconfidence and confidence. And she was like, oh, wow. Okay, no, you're right. That, and I wasn't even looking for the you're right. I just wanted her to see that. I know there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance, mm -hmm. but by you mislabeling it because it's so easy to be like, oh, you're just arrogant because you don't recognize someone who believes in not just what they're doing, but who they are. You're, you're, you're causing harm on that person. Absolutely. Your words matter. Words mean things. Like, it means things. So what it looks like, it's a combination of EQ, faith, and confidence. I think those three things make up intuition. Uh, uh, sometimes you EQ EQ. I, I saw the abbreviation. That's emotional intelligence. I know it was it was weird. 
Okay. Yeah. So EQ, emotional intelligence, um, those three things can make it easier to see through the fog, hear through the noise, and and feel through through the through the haystack for the needle, mm-hmm. in a sense where you're not feeling what's what's keeping you from what you're reaching for, um, and those things it's not going to be an overnight process like anything worth having takes a bit takes some work um but it is going to get you to a point where you're like okay i need to leave this job all right i'm doing it okay i need to remove myself from the situation i'm doing it i need to address this situation i'm doing it and it's not just you're holding it off or like oh, i don't know you know maybe um and if my my cousin jimmy if he was if he was the one to answer this question he would just say you know it kind of starts with your diet you know your gut health and that is actually a major part of it absolutely um but on a on a uh, mental sense of it i think again emotional intelligence uh belief and, and confidence is is what what it takes to be able to do what you're considering what i'm doing right now and be okay with it, be able to sleep at night with it, because I had opportunities in Houston. I, I, I had a whole, I had, I, had all, I had a whole life set up there. But as it slowly, not necessarily crumbled down, but it was more just like, all right, let me go before it gets too bad. Or let me go before I regret not going. And it's not because I feel like, you know, I'm on borrowed time with my grandparents or my mom or whomever. It's just like, after, experience what I've experienced it's like it was this one was real easy for me to make it was like all right just makes sense whether it's economically you get to save a little more money staying with your peoples um emotionally you get to be closer to the people that raised you whether or not you agreed with how they raised you they they know you best you know like they 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 are most familiar with you rather let me say that um and that could be what you need right now and typically when I go through things I like to do things that bring me to a place of nostalgia. Uh, I watched an extremely goofy movie. That's my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> right, exactly, right? <laughs> like, I have no shame. Like, that is my movie. Like, Max is my guy. Um, and, you know, every now and again, I might find uh, my SP, play Pokemon. I'll go to my old neighborhood, walk around in New York. Just things that brings me, and, and uh, nothing to go so, and no letting go. Those songs bring me to a place and none to go so. None to go so. I know it's completely not what a six-year-old should be listening to. I've never but, heard um, this song. Oh, it's a it's a rhythm. It's a dance hall, dance hall music. I thought so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. None to go so. Okay. Anyway, the I point know is, letting go. Uh, yeah. it it was uh it was a song that uh I heard when my aunt used to babysit me. That's only nine years older than me. She lives in Atlanta. Jure, shout out to you. Um and. That age was such a beautiful time in my life that I remember. So anytime things get really bad in my life or I feel like just I'm just not feeling good, I tap into those things that bring me to the happiest point in my life thus far. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, let's say when I have children, get a wife and all that good stuff, let's say I can't just now physically be with them and feel that same thing. But for right now, like people that were there in those times, um, memories that were made in those times, I either try to recreate them or just talk about them and just surround myself in it and then pull myself out when I feel like, okay, let's go forward again. Mm -hmm. So that combined with EQ and all that good stuff that I mentioned has made this this decision to go back kind of like a no-brainer for right now. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. So, do you feel like being highly emotionally intelligent? Mm. Do you feel like there's, let me try to word this correctly. I don't want to call it a burden. Because mm. it's definitely not a burden. No, it's but not. But it's, it's a heaviness, a tall order that you must carry. It is. Because people depend on you. They come to you for advice, wisdom, direction, guidance, whatever you want to call it. And do you ever find yourself being exhausted from having to be so many things to so many people at a time? I used to genuinely feel the exhaustion. I don't feel it as much right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because 
not just the boundaries I put in place where I like I leave their emotions with them and like we'll talk through it and we'll you know the advice whatever whatever but I leave it with them instead of like going to sleep like damn man just oh, I feel so bad for for so and so man yeah, I just yeah, can't yeah. believe and that's not to say I'm, I'm I'm not compassionate or feel empathetic nah, sure. about them it's just like and that's I think that's a, a necessary trait for therapists and counselors because it's like you hear some of the not craziest, but like some of the most gruesome stories, and you see that person just get up and walk out the door and go about the rest of their life. Yeah. And you're like, how can you not think about that at home or talk about it with your significant other, or whomever? Um, how can you not do that? And it's actually very necessary that you kind of don't. Absolutely. Because if you do, you internalize it. Yeah. You're internalizing it at that point. You know. And that's like for people who take what happens at work just on a not even on a therapeutic sense um mm -hmm. and bring it home and now you're responding based off what happened at work right right like you're right. mad you're angry because now someone asked you how work is you're like oh man work was this out this that and the third and now they ask you what you want to eat and you're worked up and it's like what i don't you figure something out it's like well, all right cool and now so and yo, when I when I answer these questions, I just be ready to go so left with it. Uh, and I, I'm starting to catch myself now uh, yeah, yeah, after we yeah, had yeah. That, that that mention of it. But um, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's not a burden now because I feel it's an extreme part of my purpose. Mm. And as a man, and as a as a as a someone who who's looked up to as a brother, dad, as a uncle, as a godfather, all those good titles. I think it's imperative that I show that if it's purposeful and it's meaningful, that yeah, you can, you're gonna be tired. There's gonna be days where you don't want to do it, you know, naturally. But like, it's never more important than that. Like, if someone comes to you and you're in the space to receive what they have to say, talk to them, open up to them, answer their phone. Because there's times where I'm just like, ah, hello, hey, what's going? On? And then it'd be like, oh damn, I'm glad I answered. I struggle sometimes. You know? Understandable. Right I, I see a phone. Yo, I was about to say, I remember you posted the story and say, listen, you might, uh, I might give you my number, but uh, you can't reach me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, understandable. I, I see you the do name lot. pop up, and I be like, I'll feel Ooh. what the conversation is going to be. I feel the heaviness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I have to decline it for my peace and for my sake. And people don't get that. No, because my phone lives on Do Not Disturb. Like, that's a really job. 9.30 p.m. 9 o'clock. I just moped up to, from 9.30 to 9 p.m. Uh -huh. 9 p.m. until 9.30 a.m. the next day. You cannot Business reach Business hours is closed. 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 My text messages, I just took off the notification for my text. So I just literally have to go into the app to see if you text me. go see it. Like, I'm trying to be so disconnected. Connected but between, still connected yeah. at the same time to yeah. where it's like I'm moving and I'm receiving at my time. In my time. When you can, yeah when I want to and when I need to versus yeah. when you need me to. Because I've been overextending and overexerting myself so much for so long for so right. many people right. that I'm not balanced. I'm tired, I'm drained emotionally, I'm drained physically. And you're like, I'm not even going through nothing. 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 When we was a period when I was like depressed for like almost a month and a half. Yeah. But I think that's just, that's just a part of the cycle. Yeah. Like I, I, but the thing was, I was aware. Cycle. Right. I was aware that when my cycles hit, like, you know, I'm a high depressive, I'm high function depression. I have that. I know it. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. I don't claim it, but I just know, like, yo, you're going to. You're just aware. Yeah, I'm aware. Self awareness. Like, emotions hit, and I go hiding away, and people are like, yo, where you at? I'm in the, don't worry about where I'm at. Right, don't worry. I'm, I responded. That means I'm alive. I'm right. Good. That's it. Parents call me, they can't get in touch with me. They have to understand, like, yo, this is just the cycle that I'm going through, and mm -hmm. it's nothing against you. Nothing I think people you. take, you know, they take things too personal. Oh, 100%. When you're taking care of 100%. yourself in the way that you need to take care of yourself. 100%. Because they don't know how to take care of themselves in the way in which they need to take care of themselves. Mm. And that bothers them. Yeah. Me being unbothered. People who are unbothered by things and situations that happen, mm -hmm. it bothers other, other people. Like you're saying, I don't take people's stuff home anymore. Oh, no. You call me, we chop it up, we talk about it. We're going to, by the time the conversation Whoop. ends, we either laughing or we're done with the conversation. That's a fact. And then if you want to talk about it again, you got maybe probably have about two more times to talk about it. Yeah, I was about to say, we only got two more times. And it's like, yo, what you going to do about this? Right. How are we going to yeah. fix this situation? Right. And I think people really just don't want to be better no, individuals. No. They but love these no. sunken places yes. they're in. Yes. 
Yes, it's from billiard. They, the saying goes, uh, people, people choose uh, familiar hells over strange heavens. Mm. Say it again. People will prefer familiar hells over strange heavens. Why? Because it's comfortable. You're used to it by now. But why do you think people would rather, what's the, um, they say if you lay in shit, you stay there long enough. <laughs> it's not going to smell anymore. But you know that you're laying in it. Yeah, you know it, but you're not going to. That's like me thing. sitting right here, right? And it mm -hmm. gets uncomfortable. My leg goes to sleep. And you're just going to stay there for the sake of getting a shot. Yeah, no. no I'm going said, said, you see me move quite a few <laughs> yeah, times. That's a fact. I, listen, I would, I would attribute it to several things, man. Like, typically, and it sounds good. Like, a lot of things sound good. But in theory, when something isn't going well and something has to change, scientifically and in all other ways that you can possibly think of, it is extremely hard. And by hard, ease of difficulty is relative, so it really just depends. But, like, neurologically, it's very difficult to go into the part of your brain that directs you towards change because you just, it, it's not there in your brain anymore. If, if it hasn't been tapped into, like they say, you can't teach old dog new tricks. And that is not to give people an excuse to not learn and do better and all that good stuff. That is, that is not what I'm telling you out there. I'm merely saying that I understand why it's hard. I understand why you choose this familiar. Like, there were times where I knew my mom should have probably left my dad. There were times where I knew that um, a couple of things shouldn't have been, should have been changed or done. And even for myself, let me, let me speak to myself. I know I, could, I should have did this differently. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, I should have left my school job in Houston sooner. But I waited until I got fired. I waited. I, I literally ha had like three job offers, and I was like, nah, I know how to finesse right, these guys. Right, right, I'm going right. to finesse these yeah. guys. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to get them already. I don't want to relearn how to get somebody else. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fine here. I, even though I really wanted to go and I had every reason to go, and I was having a, a dispute with administration uh, that in the building I worked for, I was just like, nah, man, it ain't, it ain't worth changing my finesse game for that. And then I waited, and then I got terminated. So it was like, I had the, I could change. I had it right here. But I was, I, I liked the hell I was at. I liked the hell I was at. The other heaven was great. It was closer to the house. Uh, I got to pick what school I wanted to go to. Uh, just everything was, it was the better opportunity. But I said no because I was like, man, nah, because I can get away with doing this here. I, can't, I don't know if I can do that over there. Um, and that's just me being completely honest about it and vulnerable because I could have just been like, nah, man, you know, they just got rid of me because, you know, I'm a black man just trying yeah, to yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. fight my way out here in the way. I was like, nah, I just overstayed and I knew I had some issues there and I knew it wasn't comfortable, but I was used to it. You know, I, I can come in and give them a reason and they just fly with the reason more times than not. Um, and that was the, that was that that hell that I chose and people it's a protection it's a protection because change requires you to in a lot of cases for some people code switch you have to now talk in a tone that you haven't had to talk to in years maybe um, you have to show up on time maybe you have to present a part of you that you're not okay with being more times than not mm -hmm. for the sake of it being something new like let's say it's a, a new relationship you're getting into right you want to show them all the great stuff. Like, sure. oh, you know, you're getting them the flowers, mm -hmm. you're, you're making stuff for them. You're doing all this great stuff. And then it gets, to, uh, it gets to the point in time where, let's say you guys are married and all this good stuff, and you really need something to change. It's like, all right, I've, I have been able to get this far with you with this, but I think now let's pivot to this. And this person is like, why would you want to pivot away from your full-time job? Why would you want to oh, – these benefits. We're, we're doing great. The kids and this and that mm -hmm. and that. And you're the one who can see is like, well, I'm miserable. Like, I suck at life right now in my eyes. You think because um, – and I'm going to use an example. And the age is all love, you know what I mean? I, but this, I have to talk about this. Um, there was a time in my last relationship where it was like, she wanted me to go further into technology, and I wanted to come further into being Alex Hitchens of emotional intelligence. That's what I wanted to do. That's what all I wanted to do. And, you know, there were times where she 
would be completely ignoring that and just be like, well, you can do that, but you can also do this too. And I'm just like, no, you're distracting me from my purpose. Mm. This is what I need to be doing. This, that, and the third. Why? And we had the conversation more times than I care to admit. And it, it pained me every single time because it's like, yo, you're supposed to be my ride or die. And you're literally saying, no, stick to this because I can see where the money's coming from. How here. many times you had this conversation? With her or just in? With her. I'm embarrassed to say. Um, where it was like a full-blown conversation, like a back and forth, uh, probably at least 14 times. 14 times. At least. You're a good one. Yeah, Joe. You're a good one. Listen, man. No, no, I was comfortable, comfortable Joe. Clearly. I'm... I'm <laughs> Clearly, because yo, I was I was feet kicked up. I was good, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but for 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 a lot of reasons, man, it was something that I didn't care to pull myself fully out of. Cause it's like, nah, there's no way. Part of it was like, no way, you're really like feeling like this. Like you, like for real. Nah, you're not for real. You just just you just playing around. But then the other part of it was like, I'm in a whole another part of the country. This is a very familiar person. We worked together, all this other stuff. We dated, whatever, whatever. Um, so, like, this is, like, in, in a lot of ways, my lifeline right now. Like, this is, you know, like, this is her. And it wasn't, I won't go on a limb to say it was hell, but it was something that I should have, that we should have mutually parted. Mm-hmm. Not just solely on that, but that that's that's not something small to be like, all right, well, you know what, you're right. Maybe I should compromise my purpose and meaning and just continue to go after this technology stuff because it makes money now. Oh, everything is going to tech. You can easily find a job in tech. I can get you a job in tech. And it just wasn't, the, the heaven wasn't enough for me to come out of that. And what, what happens is stuff hits the fan. So now you have no choice or now it's, mm-hmm. It's, it's the end. Like, there's yeah, nothing else here yeah, now yeah. because you waited and you grinded and grinded and grinded trying to get that spot out, and now there's no shirt left. Because you overpowering. You just, let me, ah. I can't even wear it no more. It don't fit me no more. I wasted all that time, and it don't fit me no more. I could have just got a new one, got a different one. Chose that, that person who's going to give me the same shirt in a bigger size. Like, nah, because I, I, I got history with this one, yeah. Joe. So I think it's just a matter of comfortability. For sure. This is a good conversation. Yeah, man. I feel like we can That's go. What, yeah, we could. We can we go. We could, man. We can definitely go because I got could. more questions. But for the sake of time and the people, because I think we, we're like, we're our. Yeah. It may feel and like That's it. light. This is just introduction. Oh, for sure. <laughs> this is just introduction, man. Absolutely, I ain't going to lie to you. Absolutely, man. It's like, I know we can go. Yeah. But for the sake of time, and we got to wrap this one up. Understandable. Oh, man. But we do a quick commercial real quick. And right. then I want you to close us out with something, something wise and powerful that the people need to hear. I bet. And let them know where they can find you as well. I bet. I got and, you. And uh, we this, uh, this good program off the ground. Dude, I feel like you're playing, but. Yo, yo. yo I, uh, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this episode. <laughs> This episode is sponsored oh, by man. the Embolden Institute. It's my organization where I sent out a message of hope and affirmation. If you are looking to just pretty much get a daily affirmation to pretty much help you affirm yourself as a man, woman, whichever you know, whichever you subscribe to, hit me up. Text me, 404-476-6780. 404-476-6780. Text me the word HEAL. I send out daily messages of hope. So pretty much if you're going through something or you just need something to send to somebody, text mm. me HEAL every day. Seven days a week, 365 out of the year, we are doing this nonstop. We're not stopping this thing. I want everybody to grow. I want everybody to heal, or not even just heal, just start your healing journey, to get on the right path, to start becoming more emotionally intelligent. Yes, sir. To really start understanding yourself, understanding your body, understanding you know, your traumas, your triggers, all that good stuff. And then also, I want you to start affirming yourself so you can start believing in who you truly are and That's what God right. has called you to be and what you know yourself to be. So text the word affirmation. If you want to get both of them joints, text me the word heal first, send it, affirmation right after that. If you need to add the S, I got you. It's going to come right back to you because I already know how my people do. That's a fact. So text That's me, 404-476-6780. 
Dr. Fowler. Yes, sir. Close this out, brother. All right, man. Uh, listen, so they say uh, emotions is just the brain's way of telling you to pay attention. Mm. So when you are telling yourself to withhold it, mm -hmm. to keep it in, or you're subscribed to Music Soul Child, you know, the true definition of a man is to never cry, work till you tired, got to provide. Whether you subscribe to that, the basis of you feeling something is to let you know there's something there that's either bothering you, mm -hmm. makes you might even make you happy. Let's go, let's go to the positive side. There's something there that's trying to get you to hunker down and give it your full attention. And you're doing yourself a disservice by holding it in for the sake of trying to be strong, you know, yeah. trying to show that mm -hmm. nothing bothers you. You're human. We're, we're here to feel. Absolutely. And, and emotional intelligence is that journey, or the journey to emotional intelligence is basically re, rebuilding the, uh, the human part of humanity. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. It's no better than that. How, how can they find you? Listen, man, you yeah, can yeah. find how can, me. How can they find this good hey, wisdom listen, on a daily listen, basis? Man, listen, man, 317 TH underscore IG. Uh, Twitter's for foolishness, but I do still drop stuff on there. Statcello. Uh, YouTube for the community podcast. Uh, FTC. Is it FTC? No, 4TC podcast on IG. Um, and you can find me at your local neighborhood basketball court or community center, man. That's, that's where I'd be at. There you go. That's Gets where I'm better at. Than that. Listen, that's another episode of Living Less the Podcast. We are out. Peace.